Hello and welcome to the Dublin Arsenal podcast. I'm your host as always, Jonathan Giles. On the show this week, we'll be reviewing our one and away loss to the Magpies, a VAR-ridden match. I think we'll all agree. Also on the show, we'll also be having a quick look ahead to the Burnley match, which is on this coming Saturday on Premier Sports 1. So sit back and enjoy the show. On the show this week, I'm joined by my regular guests uh, at this stage, first of all, to Eamon Donnelly. How are you, Eamon? Ah, uh, Eamon Jonathan. Ah, uh, had a bit of corned beef there. And some apple belly spaghetti there. We found three Zs in it. Three Zs. <laughs> I'm okay. I'm um, not the better for Saturday night, but we'll, we, 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 we'll go through all of that, you know. Um, we'll go through all of that. We've, we've, we've a lot to get through. Good to have you on, Eamon, again, and thanks for coming back on. Um, I'm also joined by um, my UK-based schooner, and it's great to have him back for the first time this season, Carl Ozzy Osborne, as he's better known as. How are you, Carl? I'm good, mate. I'm good, mate. It's good to uh, it's good to be back. It's good to see good you. to have you back. Um, I'm ho- hope all as well on your side, Carl. It's good to have you back. Um, good. The listeners have been asking for you, and Daddy Ozzy as well. <laughs> okay, <laughs> back on. Honestly, mate, it's been it's, it's been great, and uh, yeah, I've been watching, and uh, love the shout-outs, mate. Um, appreciate it. I miss missed you all, guys. Missed you, missed all of you. So uh, yeah, great to be back. Cheers, Karen. Great, good to see you well, and um, it's good to have you back again. Um, also this week, I'm joined by a special guest. As you can see, he's wearing the Magpies colours. It's Alan, Alan Williamson from the Irish Mags, uh, Newcastle United Supporters Club here in Ireland. How are you, Alan? And welcome to the Hi. show. Hang on, just for... Just get me far and warmed up, you know. It's good to have you on, Alan. Um, Thank you, Alan. And um, your supporters club is going from strength to strength. Um, God, he's frozen again. You can hear me all right, yeah? Yeah. Yeah. Um, So it's good to have you on, Alan. Um... How is your supporters club going in Dublin? Uh, well, it started out just Dublin and now we've absolutely swelled into nearly 400 of us in a WhatsApp group trying to organise meetups in Dublin, Cork, Galway, Derry. Come here, if, you, if you're if you know any Newcastle fans, send them my way and I'll get them into the group. Come here, we're just getting bigger and bigger, but that's to be expected. It was doom and gloom this time two years ago. Now we're playing the Champions League again tomorrow night, so what, what more could you ask for? <laughs> Yeah, it's super, isn't it? We we met in the Camden Bar, wasn't it, for the live score event in May? Yeah, um, it was good banter then, and uh, it was it was great to ha- to meet you as well. Uh, Thanks, for you. Uh, it's it's great to have you on, and I'd be more than welcome to come on your show uh, in February when we meet. But I was just oh, thinking today, you could be in the Kerning Cup final that day. That's the day we play us. Oh, is it? <laughs> yeah. yeah, heartbroken. I might might have to be over in London for that. So. <laughs> <laughs> Should pop by to the London Supporters Club. Um, you might change to a Gunners fan. Who knows? <laughs> so not, not anytime soon. Anyway, if I've lasted this long, <laughs> back in my jersey, I'm not changing now. <laughs> a magpie never changes his drives. <laughs> um, so, so we might as well crack on, lads, uh, to the review of Saturday's game. One 0 defeat, of course. Anthony Gordon got the winning goal for Newcastle United. Um, a few key notes I just wrote down myself, and I'm sure Ozzy and Eamon and yourself, Alan, will have a few things to say as well. So, on my side, um, 
it was Eddie and Ketty's 100 Premier League appearance for the Gunners on Saturday. Um, he's, I didn't even think he got up to that many, but fair play to him. And he's he's having a fairly good season, you know. Um, with Jesus out at the moment. Um, key notes really. Um, Kai Havertz, um, dangerous run and Sean Lansdorf, um, was probably lucky to get a yellow card. You know, it was it was quite silly tackling, you know. But um, the season he's having at the moment for the Gunners. Um, I think that's just all the frustration kind of coming out at the moment. Um, and that led to Longstaff, Sharon Gordon, all getting yellow cards for Newcastle United. So four yellow cards in one incident. So uh, fair play to you, Kai. Um, then there was the game, Resh Elbow and Jorginho near the end of the first half, which um, didn't get any card at all, which was surprising. Um, I thought it probably deserved a yellow. In the second half, then it was the Anthony Gordon goal, um, and there was three, um, kind of key decisions here that kind of VAR messed up on. Um, the ball was out of play before Joe Willock got to it. I thought, you know, from the pictures I've been seeing in the papers, um, it, it looked like it was well over the line. And um, the second one, Ray completely misjudged this when the cross came over. So it was another helder by Raya again. Um, Joe Linton pushed, I thought, into Gabrielle. Could that have been deemed as a foul? I think it possibly should have. And then was Anthony Gordon offside? Was the third? Um, in it's fair yours. It's just been a mess, to be honest, this season compared to last year. I think it's even more of a mess. But that led to the goal. It was allowed. And then Gamerich got a yellow card for like holding on to Vieira's throat, which was a yellow dose near the end of the second half. Um so all in all, probably a one the fee was probably, you know, I thought a, a draw probably at best, I think would have been both would have been good for both sides. It was a scrappy enough game, you know, there wasn't really much uh, going out action end to end really in either half, but very disappointing. Since you're our guest tonight, Alan. What's that for yourself? Personally, from my point of view, it was a cracking game of football between two very, very competitive sides that we edged. Don't get me wrong, Arsenal were very good, but you cannot go to any team and have one shot on target and expect anything out of the game. Kai Havertz ruined that game for you. That stupid tackle got the crowd up against you, got the team up against you. It just basically woke the whole of Newcastle back up kicked us right back into gear and got us back to where we needed to go. Don't get me wrong, the Bruno, I honestly had no idea what he was doing there. I personally think that was a red card, but I think because Havertz didn't go, Bruno didn't go. So it was the ref made a rod for his own back there and it kind of ruined the game in the long term because you don't want Havertz to be sent off after 25 minutes. You don't want Bruno to be sent off after 45 minutes. And then you have both teams that are having to try defend and come here. I don't understand what Arteta sees in David Raya. He's a calamity. I, I like honestly, he's poison. That cross that Willock whipped in, he should be getting anything to it, and we don't score that goal. Ball didn't go out of play. There's plenty of angles that prove that the ball didn't go out of play. Even if it did, Jorginho and Ben White are pointing at each other saying, You go to him, you go to him, you go to him. Who needs go to him? One, one of your defenders had to come out and send Joe Willock into the stands. Give the free, give anything, just get rid of the ball. At the end of the day, 
two players pointing at each other telling someone to someone has to go to him. It's not good enough. I thought you were very, very passive. He didn't create enough to warrant getting anything out of the game. Don't get me wrong, Newcastle didn't create a whole heap. But what we did create, we took, and that was the end of it. I do think it was a good game, though. Yeah, it was a scrappy game. Usually the performs, you know, the games against Newcastle, they're end-to-end and plenty of goals in there. But this one was one to forget. I thought our cup tie, Caribou Cup tie against West Ham was bad. I thought that was even worse. You know, they were probably the worst two performances under Arteta that I've seen in a long time. And hopefully it's not the cracks appeared now under him, you know, because there wasn't much... I didn't see much of a fight in Arsenal on Saturday at all, you know, and that would kind of worry me, you know. Um, I don't know what it is, and hopefully it gets ironed out, but starting from Saturday against Bournemouth, you'd hope that you'd be back to winning ways again at home, you know. Um, so in your in your view, Alan, before I come to Eamon and Ozzy, do you think the goal should have stood in from a Newcastle, obviously from Newcastle's point of view, do you think it should have stood though hand on heart? The way I look at it is the referee gave that goal. VAR spent four minutes and 16 seconds trying to disallow it and they couldn't because there was no clear and obvious error. The ball didn't go out of play. Gabriel it is six foot four and should be barely in that header out of that box. He went down like a ton of bricks. The offside was inconclusive. You can't spend four minutes trying to disallow a goal and then say, oh, we've been robbed. You weren't. They, they tried to disallow the goal and nothing came about it. The goal wasn't a great goal. It was a poor enough goal to concede. And as I said, David Raya. Yes. Dracula. Terrified across. Yes. <laughs> I, I, I think we'll all agree here. Ramsdale is the number one at Arsenal. I don't know what... I don't Ramsdale know what was terrible was. against West Ham. He was. <laughs> I, I, look, he hasn't had a run of games neither, Eamon. You know, and that's those nerves. But... He was terrible against West Ham. Awful. <laughs> Arteta out I've cried for four years and... let's have some serious conversation now let's be honest Damon, the last two performances were woeful I think the cracks are starting to appear in our shock 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 nonsense. <laughs> on Saturday was not woeful <laughs> I haven't seen it. Wasn't, it wasn't worthless. So, but that's no. look, everyone's entitled to their opinions. Uh, you know. Yeah, well, well, that's, well, then you might just ask me mine, and I might <laughs> give it to you then. <laughs> As Annan is blushing there because Eamon's drinking beer Moretti. Um, well, I had one can of beer Moretti, Jonathan. I'm quite capable of proffering an opinion <laughs> about my beloved Arsenal without cans of beer Moretti. So you might get around to asking me what my opinion is. <laughs> With Eamon's ignorance, I don't have to come to you, Ozzy, until he cleans his mouth well, out. Okay, right. Well, sorry, Eamon. I've been I've been called up now, but I, look for me. I'm gonna I'm just find it in one sentence for me. I think if there's ever a game where you looked at two away sides playing each other, that's what it looked like on Saturday. Both teams played like an away side. Newcastle didn't go to win it. Take Alan's point about Newcastle deserved to win it. You had one chance, Wilson, and that was offside. That was your one chance. We had Rice, a random header which went just wide. They were the two chances in the game. Other than the goal, they, 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 other than the goal, they were the two chances. Really, both sides had. Both teams played negative, defensive, and it, it had nil-nil written all over it. Um, the VAR, I'll take Alan's point on about Raya. I think Raya should have got to it. So we wouldn't even be having this conversation now about VAR. Raya would have got to it. I, I do think he he should have dealt with that. Um, 
Would the Ramsdale, I don't know. The positioning of the goalkeeper near the near post when that cross came in was awful. And, you know, I'm, you're not, not a goalkeeper, but when you look at that, he was at the near post when that ball was put to the back post. He had too much ground to make up, didn't make it. And then um, any other time, he just collected that ball off the top of Joel Linton's head or, or Gabriel's head, whoever it was. So going on to that, that, that's just my take on it. I think it's a very negative match. I think both sides, there's lots of talk about how well Newcastle played defensively, not much highlight on the way Saliba played. I thought Tommy Asu and White were all solid as well. I didn't think they were they were awful. I didn't think White had much to do, but, but certainly Saliba, Saliba was a fantastic fantastic player that game. Um, the point to make about VAR, I'm just going to sum it up really, to be honest. The ball being out of play, inconclusive you can't give it the sphere of the ball you know I, I get it i get it the camera angles are not right um they can't just make a punt on that but the get out of jail card for me for the referee and var was the push and if you're telling me that's not a push then i'm sorry mate gabriel okay yeah he goes down easy but as an extended down there's a push in the back it's but he also it's, stoops to head the ball you can't no, head the ball. no the thing is he's trying down. to he's trying to rise his head back up and he yeah, can't because his arms strong. are extended. Extended arm, you're not going to push an extended arm. Arms don't bend that way, mate. Once they're extended, arms don't bend that way. It wasn't a push. But Three on, professional referees looked at it and said it wasn't a push. It's, it's an opinion. And I'll tell you what, if a PGMO, if a PGMO come out and say, give us an apology for it, mate, you owe me a bit. The, the PGMOL have already said they stand by their decisions made in the match. Have I? Well, have they, they, would because our, they would because Arsenal made a statement. Um, so we're at war now, but I mean, yeah. I don't agree with you, Alan. But I'll cover that. Uh, in yeah. Two so, 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 so the push for me, personal opinion, I think, I think that's pushing. It's extended arm. Once you've extended your arms, your arms ain't going to bend that the other way. So, he, if Gabriel wants to go and head that ball, he can't do it. He's, he's basically impeding him from heading the ball. Um, the offside again, they don't, they didn't have the right camera angle. Um, all that money that Saudi have got. I can't afford to buy some decent cameras on the stadium. I think you're getting away with it, mate. I'll be honest with you. <laughs> you need to buy yourself some decent cameras. Um, but but... On, you're going down the Saudi money route already. <laughs> but no, we'll talk our, about that. fans are racially abusing other teams' players. I'm just just saying, just saying. But, but no, you need, you need to invest in some decent cameras on there because that's it, Sky Sports. That's nothing to do with us. You, then... you might just allow Arsenal fans to speak on an Arsenal podcast, Alan. If you don't mind, <laughs> you, you brought me on to have a conversation. So yeah, but we don't interrupt each other on this program, right? So, so anyway, I'll, I'll move on. So, from, from the, the cameras couldn't conclude the offside, and, 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 and again, I think the offside. I think there was two, two get out of jail cards there for the for the ball being out. Like I say, I, I completely understand that. Um, okay, so we go on. You know, that's that's my take on VAR. I think the goal should have been disallowed. Um, that's my opinion, and I'm sticking by it. Um, I think most most out of three incidents for me, the push is the blatant one. The other two, I get. But fairness, Ozzy, before you go on, it wasn't the push in the back. It was the ball. There was it was our play before Willa got it. So it should have been from the first. I'll, I'll be honest with you, mate. I can, I can see the ball. It, can... it can't be. It, they said it's ninety nine percent in play. The ball is visibly out of fucking play what, what? in the newspapers. No. Like they've got ex referees in VAR shouldn't be allowed. Bring in ex players that know how to fucking play the game. But, but, but my opinion, John, I, 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 think, has I, to be I can going understand. On this. I can understand the ball being out of play. I can understand the offside decision. I just can't understand the push. That's the only one I've got an issue with. 
um, and that extended arms. Arms don't bend backwards like that. Once you've got your arms out, Gabriel, if he wanted to try and aid that ball, he couldn't do it. He went down easy. I got him in I it. I think he was, he was looking for it as but well, as he, you know, nine, he's stronger. Nine, than, times a, you know. nine times out of ten, that that that's give that's give um that's given that's disallowed in my opinion. And I think if Newcastle fans were honest about it, I think if it's the other way around, I'd ever feel very aggrieved by that situation as well. Um, I'm going to move on from that because that's, that's it's subjective. We've all got different opinions. We've got different opinions, and I respect respect your opinion, and 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 you know I hope you respect mine as well for that. Um, <laughs> in in terms of in terms of the Havertz incident, Havertz incident, um, I've got to be honest. It was a Granite Xhaka moment, wasn't it? And 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 I'll be honest with you, that was the last thing you wanted an Arsenal player to do in St James's Park was to do a tackle like that because. Right, like Alan rightfully said, it raised everyone's game up. We've slagged Xhaka off for doing it in the past. And I've got to be honest, I was off fuming with him. He's lucky to stay on the pitch. And I do think it was evened out with the forearm smash straight from the WWE from Bruno. Because I thought Bruno was a um, he was a bully that, that day. There's no two ways about it. He was a bully. It was off the ball incidents and stuff like that. But you know what? You've got to stand up to them. And Jorginho didn't, in my opinion. I thought he lacked a bit of physicality there. And I think I've put in my notes, so you, you know, Jorginho got bullied there, and there's no two ways about that. Um, other than other than that, the only thing I'm going to note before we go on to Eamon's view, so I know we're real short on time, but what, I, what all I heard about the media in the lead up to this game was Newcastle have got so many injuries, they're so down on players, and stuff like that. So, am I right? Alan will correct me, I'm sure you will, but Harvey Barnes, Isaac, Anderson, Target, and Botman all out, yeah. Yeah. Is that uh, right? Yeah. So eight, five, five, five injuries. Arsenal injuries. Gabriel Jesus, Timber, Odegaard, Partey, Emil Smith-Rowe. Not a thing was said about Arsenal being under strength. That's because you have a hell of a lot better squad than we would have. Just saying, Gabriel <laughs> Jesus, Timber, Odegaard, Partey. All starting 11. All starting Isaac, 11 players. Isaac Barnes, Botman are basically the spine of our team that we were missing. Yeah, but so is Odegaard, so is Thomas Partey. So is Gabriel Jesus. Yeah, but you can bring in players like <laughs> Eddie Nketiah. Yeah. Did he get into right. Newcastle? Eddie Nketiah. We had to. We bring in Miguel Almiron. Like we're we don't would, have the. Would, you would Eddie Nketiah Would Eddie Would Eddie Nketiah start for Newcastle? Absolutely not. We've got Isaac. He's injured. We've got Wilson. He's. What I'm, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. So so what I'm saying is you know Odegaard. Would, Odegaard is our, our key player. Just just let me let let me just say my point. What I'm saying is that all the media focused on the injuries that Newcastle had. There's there's five Arsenal players there, for four if you if you put Emil Smith Rowe out of that because he's not a starter. There's four players there that have all just started that game if Edby fit. And, oh, and I, don't, I don't think that can be denied. If I'm honest, uh, which is six. Yeah, so. Okay, yeah, that's down on him, isn't it? But you know what I mean. Oh, that's what I'm just that's just what I'm saying. That's that's my that's my opinion. Relevant. They weren't playing. Yeah. Yeah. But what I'm saying, I'm just saying the, the media focus on the 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 Newcastle side being under strength. It's not a mention of Arsenal. Media hates Arsenal. They always did since Absolutely the 1930s. Correct. It goes back, you know, 90 years. Anyway, that's that's my it take was, on it, John. Yeah. It, it, it was still a strong enough. <laughs> it was still a strong enough as a team to beat Newcastle, you know. Um, we just didn't turn I think up. We need to respect them more than that, Johnny. I think I think it was a, you know, it was an easy game. You know, I, that, I that's think it was pretty much the eleven. I just took a, I just took a point at the start of the game last year. I just don't think they're up on the level of last year. And let's just make it very clear, like. 
I'll be honest with you. I don't think Arsenal should have won the game. They didn't do enough to win the game on Saturday. So, <laughs> so let's, let's make that very clear. But to get a point, they deserved a point, in my opinion. Yeah. A, a draw would have been a fair result. Yeah, absolutely. You know, considering how bad we were and Wednesday. But I don't want to come to you, Eamon. You're a lifelong gooner. You know, what was your opinion from the whole game Saturday? I need to do this block by block if I can. So first of all, I was playing. I was playing on Sunday morning uh, a game myself, and I was talking to a Newcastle United supporter, a friend of mine, who's and his opinion was the game should have been nil nil, and it should have been ten v ten. And I absolutely agree with that. Right. Um. Let's start with the, the Havertz incident. First of all, Havertz is not the type of player who knows how to hurt people. There are certain players who know how to hurt people and others who don't. It was a clumsy lunge. He left himself a very lucky boy not to be sent off for that. But if that was a guy who knew how to hurt you, he could have got away with a yellow card, hurt you. For example, Dan Bourne knows how to hurt you. He went through the back of Bakayo Saka twice. And I'm sick and tired of Bakayo Saka getting kicked off the park and no admonishment for any player whatsoever. It happens every week. He's one of the ground's great talents. And every single week, without impunity, players just go through the back of him. But it's okay because it's just Saka sitting down again. So that's the first thing, right? I think Havertz was a lucky boy not to be sent off. The second thing, I'm going to talk about Bruno for a second. I'm going to read the definition of violent conduct. It says, when a player uses or attempts to use excessive force or brutality against an opponent when not challenging for the ball, whether or not contact is made. Whether or not contact is made. Now, that's the laws of the game. And you have these Mike Riley pricks saying that ex-players like Paul Merson don't know the laws of the game. That's the law of the game. Bruno Guimara should have been sent off. Right? And if that was Granit Xhaka, think back to Burnley behind closed doors when he simply put his hands on somebody's chest and he was sent off and it was, oh, Xhaka is a stupid boy. Once you raise your arms in football, it's a red card. How many times have you heard that? Absolute bullshit. But they looked at that on the screen and they said, because he caught him with his forearm and not his elbow, it is the greatest nonsense. And that's what worries me about VAR more than anything else. I think uh, Mark Clattenberg's views on the whole thing was very interesting in that he said that because Havertz had raised the tempo and Newcastle, and I thought it was petulance, by the way, to get four players booked for, you know, they'd want to calm that down. A great respect for Newcastle, great respect for Eddie Howe. Uh, you know, that was just nonsense, right? You know, it was like the duck chorus. But what, Clatten, what Clattenberg was saying was that the referee, in order to keep the tempo moderate, didn't send Guimaraes off. That's not a reason. You, the player has either been guilty of violent conduct or not. So in my view, Havertz probably could and should have been gone. And Guimaraes almost certain, not almost certainly, certainly should have been gone. Well, I'll the next that. point I'd make is that just that game was a draw all day. I don't think we did enough to win the game, and I'll explain that in a minute. Newcastle were very, very energetic, but 
But as Carl said quite rightly, both teams played it like an away game. And you know what? That tells me that a point would have been a good result for either team. You know? So you move on from that to the goal. Um, I agree with Alan. You cannot tell that the ball is out of play because of the, 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 the Japan thing in the World Cup changed everything. It's not like tennis where you have a shadow and you have the, the line. I think the ball was out of play, but you couldn't say for certain. Right? What happens then is Raya thinks the ball is out of play. White thinks the ball is out of play. They get themselves into the wrong position. So Gabrielle is left like a sitting duck in the middle of the box. Gabrielle tries to head the ball. And if that's not a push, well then, no, hold on, Alan, you, you've had your say, right? If that's not a push, well then I've heard like Robert Plante or Led Zeppelin, right? And, and I'm going to tell you why. I was at Leicester last year. I stood in the terraces. I feel cheated over what happened on Saturday. I stood on the terraces at Leicester. Leon Trossard, Leandro Trossard curled in a beautiful goal from 20. And we all jumped around in frenzy. And it was disallowed because Ben White, for a split second, had put his hand on the goalkeeper's arm. So if we want to talk, if you want to go back to the days in that loft house in Bolton, you know, bundling the goalkeeper out of the stadium, grand, that was a push. All ends up. And as Ozzy said, it was a push all ends up. His hands are on his back. Gabriel got himself in a bad position, tried to get back up to head the ball and couldn't because the hands were on his back. And like, there's nobody will come in. You can do all the nothing you like. There's nobody will convince me. I didn't interrupt you. There's nobody will convince me that that was not a push. And then not to have a line in this day and age to see was it offside. And by the way, it was clearly offside because the goalkeeper was way ahead of where the scorer was. Way ahead of where you didn't need it. You didn't need a line to see that. Stevie Wonder could have seen that. You know, so the decision was wrong. It was disgraceful. Um, and uh, the problem I have with it is we should be talking about a not very exciting goal mount action game, but a game that was full of blood and thunder. A game that the English league thrives on more than any other league. And what are we talking about now? We're talking about the Howard Webb circus of VAR once again. What happened to Liverpool against Tottenham was absolutely disgraceful. And I'm no Liverpool fan. It was absolutely disgraceful. What happened to us on Saturday was disgraceful. The manager was right in his comments. And I'm glad that the club... Well, Adam, you know, you can nod your head all you like. I'm proud that the club came out. Because what normally happens in these instances is that the manager gets left hung out to dry and ended up paying a fine. And the club came out and backed him. Right? And I'm very, very pleased about that. Now, the reason why Arsenal weren't good enough to win the game is as follows. Uh, Ozzy touched on it. When you don't have Odegaard, when you don't have Smith-Rowe, you have nobody to play through the lines. And for as good and all as Declan Rice is, he cannot do that. He doesn't have that in his locker. And to my mind, every time Martinelli got the ball, he was two-teamed. Every time Saka got the ball, he was two-teamed. You cannot play four against two and not leave gaps. It's impossible, unless we're not moving the ball quick enough. Right? So if, if Saka is double-teamed on one side, the ball has to get over to the other side as quick as possible before everybody can shift across. We didn't do that. What we did was we asked about getting it back to the centre-backs, getting it across the pitch. We took 10 passes to switch from Saka to Martinelli. And you either play through the lines or you go outside. It's simple. 
you, you, you know, there's only there's only two routes to go. <laughs> one is through the lines and one is out wide. <laughs> right? And if you can't get through the lines, if you don't have, we didn't have players of the guile to do that. So if you're gonna if you're gonna do it on the outside, you've got to do it quickly. Newcastle were fantastic defensively, and their attitude was unbelievable. But I think where you're wrong, Jonathan, is this nonsense that we didn't fight. Yes, we did fight. Yes, we did fight. And, 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 we, no, there was plenty of fighting. Hold on a second now. I'm not finished yet. That's my opinion. I'm going to give it to you. You can't be shooting everyone down for their opinion neither, aim. Everyone's entitled. No, but you see, on this show, you ask me my opinion, and I'm in the middle of giving it. So you you give yours in a minute. I said before, I say again, Arteta isn't good enough for Arsenal, but that's, you know... Oh, my God. Well, in that case, well, there's no point in asking me for my analysis because (laughs) if we're going to talk absolute horse shite... Fingless self is the place to be, and I'm a fingless man. Look, he won't see it right. out from the other seeders, too, but that's my opinion. Oh, on it. Jesus, all right, okay. Well, if, here's a question then, grand, grand, grand. If VAR wasn't in this season, would that goal have been given? Um, yes, yeah, well, here's a here's another question that I'd ask Alan in particular. <laughs> you think that goal would have been given if we'd have scored it up the other end in St. James's Park? Not the no, absolutely. Ah, come on, let's get the referee let's... gave the goal. VAR tried to disallow it, found they could not disallow it, and had to go with the on-field decision. That's what happened. That is not. That's not me making stuff up. The referee gave the goal. VAR looked at the ball was out of play. Couldn't determine it was. It's been now been proven that the ball didn't go out of play. The push is the only one that you're really going to get anything out of. It. The push, Saliba got into a wrong position. He tried to jump through. He stooped Gabriella. down. And, sorry, Gabriel. He stooped down, tried to jump back with someone on his back, basically. Doesn't work. If you're a defender, you're six foot four, you're in a Premier League match, one slight bit of contact does not mean a free kick. Oh, okay. It's a contact you, 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 Have you played the game, Alan? I'm sure you have. Right? Have, yeah. Okay. Are you allowed to propel yourself off somebody's back when you're yeah. hitting the ball, whether you push them or not? No, no, you're not. No, you're not. Like no, you're not allowed. You're not allowed to propel. You're not allowed to propel your jump with with your hands on somebody's back. Honest question, Alan. If you if you, if this was against Newcastle, would you feel aggrieved by it? I would feel aggrieved, but I rest my case. Rest my case. That's yeah, that's, that's, that's right. Every single time you're basically saying <laughs> you'd be aggrieved by it if this was against you. Would you say? Would you say? Would you just admit it? But it's a why it's given. Like you're you you're taking the mick here. Like at the end of the day, you Arsenal have come out as if that they're the only team ever to have been done by VAR. Every single team in the Premier League has had a couple of negative decisions go against them by VAR. If you want our example, the most obvious and glaring one last season for us, we've had a couple this season already. Joe Willock was pushed into the Guaita, the palace keeper. The Tyreek Mitchell scored an own goal. But because Willock was pushed into Guaita. The goal was disallowed. Everyone and their granny went, that's a ridiculous thing to give a free out about because he's been pushed into the goalkeeper by a defender. It's either a penalty or a goal and you've somehow given a free out. The Newcastle release a statement saying, oh, just, 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 just. I want to make one thing clear. There's nobody on this show saying VAR is anti-Arsenal. No, no, no. But I'm yeah. just saying that Saturday, look, we're on this show talking about VAR. And VAR has turned out to be a joke. I'm going next weekend to the Aviva Stadium to watch Bohemians and St. Patrick's Athletic. And do you know what? 
I'm looking forward to a game that there's no bloody VAR. And if the goal goes in, it goes in. And if it doesn't, it doesn't. And they either give it or they don't. Because I've had enough of VAR. I feel cheated as a fan. I pay good money to go over week in, week out. I do. I do. Eamon, I do. the problem is no. the, fans should be able, fan. the fans should be able to hear what's going on at yeah. Stockley Park. Like no, they don't because they, they, but, they don't. But then it's not fit for purpose. Isn't that the argument? I, mean, I think the they, question is... But these, the back? biggest farce is these referees that are in Stockley Park are the referees that were poxy as a ref on fields years ago. Why are, they being, why are they being given a chance? Why isn't it from the outside? But Jonathan, Jonathan, they wheel out Howard Webb <laughs> with that gobshite, Michael Owen. Absolute gobshite. You'd get more insight off a Gannat on speed than you do <laughs> off Michael Owen. You know, and that's their idea of transparency. And I keep saying it. I'm not a rugby guy. I wasn't born in a rugby environment. I'm from a working class Northside background. But boy, Jesus, when I watch rugby, there's never controversy about the TMI. Yeah. There's such more complex. Everybody can see what's going on. And here. And here at what's going on, which is the key. Yeah, and by the way, on the rugby, and I'll finish on this because, you know, we're, we're, we are, you're right, Alan, we're having a conversation. We're all passionate about our clubs, and I yeah. get that, right? Yeah. That's not lost on me. And, you know, you're, you know, you're more go back, and that's all good. But you never see a rugby show with Michael, with, say, Johnny Sexton and, and, and you know, uh, whoever the referee might be, um, we're going through decisions. Because VAR have now positioned themselves in the game where they become the centerpiece, the center of attention. They're on TV. It's Hollywood. And it was never meant to be that. It was supposed to eliminate bad decisions. Unless it's Wayne Barnes. What's that? (laughs) Unless it's Wayne Barnes. Wayne Barnes. (laughs) Well, yeah, unless it's Wayne. Well, Wayne Barnes actually should be on the pig mall, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Like the, the first, the first major one was Lewis Diaz incident, wasn't against Boris, yeah. and now this, yeah. you know, and it's getting yeah, worse. We, we it's go, getting worse we, week by week, consistently. Where it should be getting the opposite, isn't it? You know, VAR is just not working in the Premier League, and it should be scrapped. It should be this week. It'll be another club in another couple of weeks, and we'll go through. If we had this at Brentford What's, last season, massive as he yeah. does come yeah. to you, what yeah. is the answer then? Should VAR yeah. continue? Yes. In my opinion, I, I, I don't, I don't see the benefit. I think it's ruining the game. But, but I think goal line technology, absolutely. Um, you know, the technology, the technology is out there. The application of it, maybe they need to get X players in. I don't know. It's just something needs to change because I'm not saying, you know, it is. I know Alan said, but it's not anti-Arsenal. You know, every club will go through this at some point in the next ten years. Yeah, every club will feel aggrieved like we do today, and that's why we're passionate about it. But either there needs to be a better application of it. They can learn a lot from rugby, like Amy said. Amy said, you know, they look at rugby. It's more complex. It's it's they make a decision in half the time over a much more complex situation. So they need to learn from it. Um, I think have they rushed it? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know the answer. But it's something the, the application of it needs. But across Europe, though, Carl and, and Alan and Jonathan, it doesn't seem to have the same. The same Hollywood effect. This is the point that I'm making. VAR has become Hollywood in the Premier League. It's all part of the Premier League circus now. Yeah. You know, it's not the it's not the same in Germany. It's not the same in Spain. 
you know? It's just not. So I just think, I think, I, think I agree with Alan. You do need to have some kind of review mechanism. Um, but I mean, Jesus, do it the way the rugby guys do. Make it transparent. And you know what? It's a real uh, insult to supporters to think that in this day and age that they can't talk out loud in case there's a riot in the stadium. I mean, what do they think football fans are? Yeah. You know, yeah, you're it's right shocking. Yeah. It's absolutely shocking, you yeah. know. Um, so it takes one last thing I want to say, I want to come back on Ozzy's point about Jorginho being bullied. Uh, <laughs> he hasn't got the physicality not to be. But then Declan Rice needs to step in there and do something. Yeah. You know, I mean, we're familiar with GAA over here. The Dublin team, um, I was a GAA player on my life, GAA on soccer. The Dublin team used to have a, a system. You can bully your best players, but somebody else is going to bully you. Horses for courses, does he, you know? Yeah. Yeah, mm. that's how you point. Yeah, it was a fairly, look, I think on and all, Saturday's game was... It won't be remembered. It won't be one of the games that we remembered, you know. There's been better games down the years between Newcastle and Ernst, and that one definitely won't be. It was just really scrappy and, again, VAR-ridden. It's just sparked a new rivalry. I think that's what it would do. I think so, yeah. I think the nil-nil at the Emirates last year was the beginning of that rivalry. Like, that was a feisty game. As was the one that we won two 0 up in uh, up in James uh, towards the back end of the last season, and that's okay. Rivalries are good, yeah. Yeah. you know. It is good. It is but good. again, we've spent most of this show instead of talking about a good blood and thunder game where there wasn't much goal melt action, but it kept us captivated. We spent most of the show talking about VAR yet again, and yeah. that proves my point. I think you know. <clears throat> For football, it needs to change. No. Yeah, because week on week it just seems to be VAR, doesn't it? You know, um, and the length of time it took for that decision for the goal is just ridiculous. You know, like going through three different, you know, like it's just. As Eamon said, Eamon said in a few shows, you can't sit, you can't, you have to wait, you can't even celebrate a goal because you're waiting for VAR to ruin it. You know, you know, it's just. Just on that, like you know, and when I say I feel cheated. I'm not the only one who spends money on going to games. Or if you can't go to games, you spend money buying a TV package or going to the pub or whatever. But what I mean is, I remember when Reese Nelson scored in, in the 97th minute against Barnett last year. And I went wild. And just in mid-celebration, I said to myself, yeah. shit, I haven't looked to see if this has been VAR. It's just, you, you know, it's taken away that experience. And that's why I'm saying I'm looking, going, I'm looking forward to going to see my beloved Bowes um, against Pats on, 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 on Sunday. And if a goal goes in and the referee allows it, he allows it and not, yeah. you know, yeah, yeah. you get on with it. Get on with it, yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think there's only one way to sum it up before we move the conversation on. And I found the entire experience. Are you ready, Ozzy? Yes, here we go. So frustrating, Deirdre. That's me, Ken Barlow. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> Yeah, and that really sums up that game, to be honest, I mean, it's never a better show word said. Um, yeah, look, it's, it's it's disappointing, isn't it? Like, we've had, last season was the benchmark, you know, we really had a good season. This season, I don't think we've really 
we haven't kicked on yet, you know, like we're still finding our feet this season. So, um, and injuries, is, as he said at the start of the show, has kind of has hampered our first 10 games or so of the season. So, um, but in terms of Newcastle, since we have you on it, Alan, you must be very excited for this season. Are you, you've had a great season last year, but it looks like you're kicking on again, doesn't it? This is just like honestly I'm the Newcastle fan my whole life like everyone asks how did you become a Newcastle fan I had no choice in the matter I was born into a Newcastle jersey my uncle into a Newcastle jersey Newcastle fan stuck a jersey on me the day I was born and that is the end of it like I've been to plenty of decent games I've been plenty of championship games this season I got my first Champions League game which was an absolute amazing experience won't even try to deny there might have been tears in my eyes and a lump in my throat when that Champions League music came on I do think we're going to win the Carabao Cup, but I'm going to say it very quietly because we've never won anything in my lifetime. <laughs> it's just getting better. I'm not looking into every season going, will we get 40 points? Are yeah. we going to scrape yeah. by again this year? I spent my whole life doing it. Well, I spent most of my life doing it. Like I'm 30 years old, spent 15 years going, will we get 40 points? Will we get 40 points? And now I'm looking at it going, Arsenal coming to St. James's Park. Yes, it's a tough game. Don't get me wrong, take a point off Arsenal to come to St. James's nine times out of ten. But I would be the only way I'd be disappointed is if you had to come in and walk that over us. But I don't have that fear anymore. Don't get me wrong, City can do it to anyone. They're the only, they're the benchmark team. Like they could Ooh. genuinely beat anybody on planet Earth 10 0. They are a different I level. I don't know. I, I, I think you're right. I, like, I think it's 1952. Since Newcastle won a trophy, you know, and I can recall, and that's not slagging up, like for a club of its size. I was actually watching a documentary on YouTube from the 1970s, and it was a Larry McMenemy and all this guy talking about why is football in the Northeast so unsuccessful, given the passion for the game, the size of the clubs. And just in my lifetime, the 1974 FA Cup final, the 1976 League Cup final, you had the 1998 FA Cup final, you had the 1999 FA Cup final, and so on and so forth. You know, it would be a massive thing for Newcastle to land a trophy. A, a, a Carabao Cup is well within their capabilities and grasp, and I think it would be a really exciting thing for the club. And I don't say this um, patronisingly, because I remember in 87, when we won the League Cup, it was the start of something great for the Arsenal with David Rowcastle and Michael Thomas and Paul Davis and you know with Noel Quinn and all that. You know, it actually winning the the uh, the, the League Cup in '87 won us the title in '89. I've no doubt about that, and it would be a huge thing for Newcastle. Our relations in Wales end with Wade, and uh, it would be a huge thing if Newcastle United won a trophy for the club. It really would, you know. There are people that. Um, even when Newcastle are crap, you get into a taxi, you're going around the place, because I've been to James's many, many times, you know, there are people that's very proud of their town, you know, and it would mean so much to them. So, you know, it would be a big thing, but I think it could be a springboard for a lot better. And yeah. that's why I think that's why it's important, you know. Can I, can I just say, I just love what the way Newcastle have done things as well. I know we, we, we had a bit of banter about the Saudi money and everything, but what, the, what Eddie Howe's done there, he's not gone out and spent... 200 million on a player like the city and just brought all these all stars in the, the type of player and what Eddie, the way Eddie's done it. I've got there's no Rubinos, you know, no, exactly. You know, full respect for him, the way he's done it and the way he's built yeah. that team. 
and 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 you know they could have easily probably gone out and done a city like I say Rubinho and signing these 50 50 60 million and they haven't done that and and the way they play football sadly aside let's put that to one side I've got a lot of respect for Newcastle as a side I think they're, they're doing things right Eddie Howe's a great manager I think he'd be a great England manager someone did ask me actually at the weekend which is a good question to post to you guys would you take Eddie or Arteta and I my my view is they're completely different managers and they're different fits, but I think Eddie, Eddie for me is a future England manager, and I think he would do very well at it from being you know from from, from this side of the pond, I guess. But um, but you know I, I think yeah, well fair play to what Newcastle have done. Every Geordie I've met has been a legend. I've got a few mates that are Newcastle fans that I've met in different different concerts and all sorts of all, all around a season ticket holder. One on his way to Dortmund now as we speak. Um, you know, so so yeah, good good on them for what they've done. And uh, sadly aside, oh yeah, I'm all right. <laughs> on that, Eddie Howe has been amazing. He's already said he doesn't really see himself as an England manager because he's, he's what he said was that's a part time job. He's not a part time manager, so that's I can see that he might take it on as well as another job, but I can't see him doing it at Newcastle. For all the money we've took in, all the Saudi money X, Y, and Z, our best signing. Dan Ashworth, director of football. Immense. He has changed the club from ground level to the senior team. We didn't have a women's team before the Saudis came in. We're now in the third division of women's football. We didn't have, like, our under-21s team came 15th in the second division. And we're in the Champions League. Now, obviously, because of the first team getting into it. But we've had to upgrade our every single aspect of the club and Dan Ashworth has done that for us so he has been our biggest signing regardless I think, Dan Ashworth, I think you can praise Dan Ashworth for that but I wouldn't be espousing um, uh, the Saudis track record of egalitarianism um, to be honest with you so you have a women's team but so long as they're all heterosexual that's okay um, do you know what I mean like the, the Saudis yeah, track record now of uh, human rights record. and social justice wouldn't yeah. be my cup of tea Alan you know that's allowed and oh, come here do not get me wrong I 100% agree with you. Saudi Arabian, the rights over there, it's shocking. What can I do about who owns my football club? No, I'm not, I'm not suggesting there's anything wrong with supporters at the club. What I'm saying is that I wouldn't be espousing uh, the qualities of the Saudi Arabian ownership. I would be espousing the qualities of Dan Ashworth and what he's done at the club. I'm just drawing that distinction, you know. Fly, em- Fly Emirates, the Emirates Stadium, all that money is definitely not coming through anything dodgy anyway either, is it? Every single no, club. No, no, no. When you see, you can be immature and go tit for tat. I'm simply saying that you oh. are on saying, I will fair play since the Saudis came on, we have a women's team. You have owners who don't tolerate gay people in their society. But I'm, sa- I'm just making that point. But I do you take have- hats off. So there's no there's no need to get there's no need to get juvenile about it and then saying ah oh, but you but you but you let's keep politics I mean, and football I, I would prefer if I never saw Fly Emirates on hold on you, I prefer if I never saw Fly Emirates on an Arsenal jersey I prefer if I never saw it but you do disgusting like you, so yeah but you've just said that I can't have that point of view when you made that exact point of view about my football club no no I didn't say you couldn't have that point of view I said I wouldn't be I wouldn't be espousing the quality of Saudi ownership I just wouldn't be right. No more than I'm espousing the quality of Emirates sponsorship. I just don't. It, it doesn't do it for me. Okay, then. Amanda Staveley, we've the Ruben brothers, we've Merdard Guadusi. They're all part owners of our club as well. There's only one female director of a football club in the Premier League. And it's the Saudis who supposedly don't like women. I'm talking about females. I'm talking about their intolerance to homosexuality. 
How come they backed United with pride with so much like vehemence? It's a criminal offence in their country. They backed, they came out and said, they're in the process of changing all these things anyway. And I understand that Saudi Arabian human rights, terrible thing. Don't get me wrong. Not saying it's a good thing. What no, I say, I suppose it's football. Whoever owns oh, whatever, that's wrong, though, politics. Put money in where they want, you know, regardless. You know. The, the politics is in football. And I'm going to tell you now, we're all smug with our Premier League and we think it's great. I'm telling you, there's going to be a Saudi move on the Premier League in the next 10 to 15 years when pretty much every club is going to be owned by Saudi. I'm telling you. No. I'm telling you. Premier League, they won't let that happen. You know, there's. Who won't let that happen? The Premier League. Let's move on anyway. Let's move on. Let's move on. No, it won't. Look, it'd be different if Arsenal were owned as well. You know, we'd see what attitudes change as well if billions were pumped in. You know, look. I'd probably probably be assassinated tomorrow on the way into work. You know, there you go. Look over aiming at the Bows St. Pat's match. <laughs> no, look, it's look, it's it's great to see. Look, the league is just being pumped full of money, isn't it? Regardless of what club, you know, all twenty clubs are being pumped up, pumped in by sound. It's it's just a brand, isn't it? The Premier League, you know. Um, how far do you think you can go in the Champions League, Alan? Realistically, realistically. At the start of the season, I said I wanted a decent group stage. I'll be honest, I wanted that horror group. I wanted, there's no point getting into the yeah. Champions League and getting the likes of Ruben Kazan and crack <laughs> like that. Right. I wanted yeah. the hardest possible group and I got it. Did I think we were going to beat PSG at home? I'll be honest, I put a bet on us to win 3 0 and Jamal Lascelles to score, but that's because I'm a psychopath. I didn't actually <laughs> think it was going to happen and we did. <laughs> so I, we can get out of the group. It's very dependent on what, ha- what happens tomorrow. If we don't, it's not the end of the world. If we finish third in that group and go into the Europa League, come here. The Europa League final's in the Aviva this year, so I'd be delighted. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Decent, that's all I want. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it's exciting times under Eddie Howe, isn't it? Yeah. Um, in terms of the league, Alan, um, do you think another top four finish is in, you know, is it realistic for Newcastle? Yes, I do. But that's purely because Chelsea are going to fall off. Oh, well, not going to fall off. Chelsea have fallen off. Yeah. And United are septic. It's it's a right, it, because it's a top five this year, I was very worried that it was a oh, top four is going to be tough, but it's the top five this year get Champions League. So I think it's going to be all yourselves, City, Arsenal, or sorry, City, Liverpool and Spurs will get Champions League this year. And after that, it's a race for the rest. Like best of the rest, we'll do the, we'll do the rest of the Europa League and all that. To be honest, I don't think Spurs have the squad to go through the whole oh, season. I, I think they'll fall off. Your man Van de Ven is after pulling his hamstring during that Chelsea match. I don't think they've they've a, a good eleven, but from after that, I don't think there's a big enough squad. You know, enough to get top five. They've enough to get top five. I don't know injuries to Son or Madison, and that could be the end of them. You know, it, even tonight now they're being shown up for what they are. Shite. Um, yeah, um, just uh, any sports fans can contact me through Dublin <laughs> Arsenal. <laughs> It'd be a pleasure to talk to you. <laughs> Alan, have you ever seen quality like this show? 
<laughs> right, lads, on that note, I've got a sheet. I've got to go. Alan, great see to meet you, best. mate, and uh, wish you all the best for the season, mate. So that wraps up a busy show for tonight's podcast. I'd just like to thank um my regular guests, um Eamon Donnelly and um Carl Ozzy Osborne, who had to shoot off very quickly, but he will rejoin us in a couple of weeks' time, hopefully, um, for our Bournley review next week. Um I'd also like to thank Alan Williamson from the Irish Mags. Uh, the Irish Newcastle United Supporters Club for coming on this week. Um, I thought really good show, uh, plenty discussed, and I hope uh, you enjoyed um, Eamon's rant. He's the new Mr. Meltdown here now. <laughs> um, I also would like to end the show with I'm doing a 90k challenge in, for um, Breakthrough Cancer Research. Um, dot IE. You can donate there. Um, any funds are welcome, no matter how um, big or small they are. Every little bit helps. Um, and also our ho- our editor um, in chief, <laughs> I like to call him Martin Stumble, is doing the Movember challenge for men's health. Uh, go to Movember.ie. Uh, uh, Martin has the link at the start of the show and during the show as well, so you can donate don- 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 there. It's a really good cause as well, and it highlights all of um men's problems. Um that we go through <laughs> aside from being a nurse fan <laughs> so um martin's grown the mustache there and it's coming across and quite nicely um also as always you can catch our show on the dublin nurse youtube channel spotify twitter instagram tiktok and facebook and um, check out our sponsor Bannon sports direct and luke and housekeeping services thanks to them also check out our friends Papa Glocklin and co at justarsal.com and visit the river bar in dublin city center we can catch all the games Premier League, Champions League and FA Cup. So until next week for a review of Burnley, um, it's thank you and goodbye.